What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I'm your host, Kyle Pagan, and what a weekend it was for sports. We actually had some competitive football, which was nice for a change. The Eagles cleaned house on the defensive side of the ball midway through the Bills and Chiefs game. Jason Kelsey stole the spotlight from Taylor Swift. And I think the Flyers bandwagon might have gotten a little bit too full. We're going to talk about all of that today. I'm joined by the Inquirer's 2019 South Jersey Coach of the Year in Baseball, Bob Wankel, for today's show. Bob, hey! What's up, man? Uh, quite an introduction. I appreciate that. I want to see how far I can slide back in my chair to not feel like I'm, I'm like dead on this thing. Are you sitting like... You, you look like AJ Hawk right now. Away from from your computer, like I no, don't. I'm about. I'm about. I'm a good three. I'm about a yard away from my uh, from my computer. I just. I guess uh, my my Mac has a good uh, a good landscape profile. Oh, whatever. I feel like I'm just towering over you in this setup that I'm looking at right now. But whatever. I mean, look. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be here uh, doing some spot work for Kevin. And, uh, you know, people say that I talk too fast. I bring a little too much energy sometimes. And I think that it's good that I'm on today because I'm coming off of a five-day flu. Wow. Uh, I have not been able to move. Uh, so I finally have gotten back to work today. I have not been able to do a fucking thing since, like, Wednesday afternoon. I'm here now. And I think I'm, I'm like, muted enough and sort of, like, out of it enough that I can kind of give you that like apathetic, I don't really care about Philadelphia sports attitude that only Kevin Kincaid can bring. Well, you got to do two things can be true. You got to play the one side and then you got to play the other side and then meet right in the middle and deliver those <laughs> takes for engagement. Is Brock Purdy good? He's good for three quarters. He sucked for three quarters, but he was really good on that last drive. And, and, and honestly, I mean, he's not good in the rain or when his team really like is met with any resistance whatsoever. But if it stops raining in the fourth quarter when he's trying to make a game-winning drive, um, then he can do it. And yeah. I think you have to give him credit for that, right? Yeah, you got to. That was good. That was a good Kevin impression. Everyone comes on and just does a Kevin impression every single time. It must be a thing. Russ is good at impersonations. I can't do impersonations, <laughs> uh, but I'll just I can crush Kevin. I will do that. All right, we'll get in the NFL playoffs in a little bit. I, we do have to touch on um, just everything from. Nick Sirianni, Lurie's uh, meeting that we never heard anything uh, after, which was hilarious. Uh, did it ever end? Who knows? Did he spend all weekend there? Who knows? Uh, Sean Desai was obviously fired. Matt Patricia was asked to not come back. They were both sent to the big uh, booth in the sky by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I think we're waiting on Brian Johnson just to finish up his interviews uh, to be done so they can fire him too. Obviously, they wouldn't fire him because then that would take away from a uh, third uh, third round pick just in case he does somehow get a head coaching interview update on him. He's actually not now um, interviewing for the Panthers job. So, uh, so there's an update for you guys. Like uh, we'll, we'll take another one off the, uh, off the radar. Um, what did you think about the the weekend? What'd you, what'd you think about the news coming out of NovaCare? How are you feeling as an Eagles fan? Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do Eagles first, I mean, listen, I, it's, I feel like, so I'm 38 and, I like just to give some context and like the way I kind of consume this, like I love the Eagles and I'm kind of an idiot when it comes to the Eagles. Like when the, they're on, like I'm not watching it. Like I know something that other people don't like I scream and I drink beer and like I overreact to every single thing I watch. Right. 
So like, I'm not going to get on here and tell people that the way that like they're going about this offseason is ridiculous. But at the same time, like, I kind of feel like the way that we're going about this offseason is a little bit ridiculous. Like, Watch now. everyone's got to take a freaking breath here, man. Like, you know, first of all, just to talk about what happened, you have to move on, right? Like, you had the clean house on the defensive side. So, yeah. Sean Desai going, the agent gets the news out. Matt Patricia, an hour later, the agent absolutely gets the news out. We could talk about that. Like, if you're Tom Pelissero, who is like, seems like a good guy, watch Good Morning Football. He, I watch a lot of NFL, NFL Network. <clears throat> good dude, I'm sure, and a good reporter. But like, can't you like do yourself like a favor from a credibility standpoint and be like, from, from Matt Patricia's agent? Like, I straight up got this from his agent. Yeah. He's doing me a solid. I'm going to throw this this extra wording in here. He's going to be highly sought after. He took over a bad situation. I'm doing him a solid, just letting everyone know. And, and here's my tweet, right? Like, here's the news. You had to do it. Um, and it was it was inevitable. But I, I just feel like you see Desai go, and everyone's like, well, where's Patricia? Why didn't they do Patricia? What are we doing? Like, it's just, it's about, like, A, it's about the messaging and the order the messaging comes out. Mm -hmm. And, like, B, just relax. Like, I know we want blood. I know we want a, an absolute overhaul, a total 180 from what we saw this past year. But, like, it, it's not going to necessarily make the product in 24 any better. Like, let the thing play out. Let people do their homework. Let people go through the process. Like, Twitter, man, and I, I don't even know that it's, like, actually, like, how fans feel, but Twitter is, like, it's the greatest thing on the world in the world for sports, but it is the worst at the same time. Like we do you just think we satisfied our uh, do we satisfy our blood fetish here in uh, Philadelphia, or do we think we need more blood? I, I mean, I think that you look at the majority of fans and they'll tell you they want more, right? Like Nick's got to go, but you got to clean the offensive staff out. And I, I keep hearing people talk about if if you if you're going to just hire another coordinator. And he ends up being any good. He's just going to go anyway. So what does Nick Sirianni even do? Like, are we really like, are we that miserable? Like, are we this miserable? He's made the playoffs three years in a row. He's won 66% of his games. If he happens to make another good hire, that would show that, hey, two times out of three, the guy's been able to put together a pretty good staff. Like, that's encouraging. Like, I just feel like, I just feel like we – should be disappointed about what happened. It was embarrassing. It, it really was pathetic the way the season played out and how it culminated on Monday night. But man, like I just feel like we're we're just getting way too carried away with what we expect from these guys. I think you're thinking too logically. Uh, maybe, maybe my like, maybe like I'm just tired, and maybe like I have two kids. Dayquil like, is just yeah. like your your true serum is coming Dude, out like, a little bit. Challenge me on that. Like tell tell me like. Yeah. So, Go ahead. Tell me why that's that's kind of being soft. Like because what has happened? To you? <laughs> yeah, you're. Thank you for coming on here and just absolutely being a pussy. Kevin Kate would <laughs> never do that. Um, the reason why I don't think it's too crazy to fire Nick Sirianni is because I feel like he's like this 16 year old Sweet 16. Remember that show on MTV, Sweet 16? All these kids would get insane parties and everything. He got the Lambo. He got the Lambo. And Howie Roseman, his pops, goes, just don't crash it. Don't crash a Lambo. Um, you know, don't go over fourth gear. Don't go on the highway. Drive it around the, the suburbs and everything. Go get Taco Bell and everything. Don't crash the Lambo for the love of God. I, that's like, I always go back like, 
he doesn't pick players. He doesn't pick the lineups on game day. So what is he a part of? His, he's a part of keeping the locker room together, and he's a part of the offensive game plan. Both of those went to shit this year. Um, I know we got Fletcher Cox. I know we got Jason Kelsey coming to the media, calling Jeff McLean a clown, saying he should come back. What are those guys going to say? I generally think everyone likes him as a dude, Nick Sirianni. Like, I feel like Nick Sirianni is a good dude. Great hang, a guy you would like, a coach's coach, someone you would you respect. He's a, he's a product of a coach and everything. I just always come back to the fact that, like, you're supposed to be good at two things, and two things went went bad this year. So that's why I come back to, like, and, and with history and with uh, Howie and, and Lori's history of being able to hire these coaches out of nowhere that don't have that much of a track record other than Chip Kelly, and we saw how that blew up in their face. They're good at hiring these coaches now. Okay, so I, I hear you on that, and I felt those things. Like, I was at the, the Buffalo game, mm-hmm. and I'm walking out of there, and I'm like, this team is just, like, charmed. Like, they aren't great, but they are special, and they know how to win, and they're going to find a way. And, like, I bought into all of that, and mm-hmm. I watched them get absolutely just destroyed by the 49ers and Cowboys, and – I started to second guess those things and and then was just embarrassed by the end of the season. So like I felt the frustration and the anger, but here's what I would kind of counter with. Like, we don't know what Nick Sirianni does. Like people keep asking that, like, Oh, I don't know what he does. Right. Well, like, you, you don't know. And, and nobody seems to have an idea. Like we keep hearing about what happened with these coordinators and how it was Nick Sirianni's decision to fire Sean Desai. We don't, we still do not know. There has been so many different ambiguous and conflicting reports about the way that this Eagles season took shape. We don't know who hired Sean Desai. We do, we do not know who fired Sean Desai. We do not know who thrust Matt Patricia into the position that he was thrust into. We have no clue. Like in the last two weeks, we have seen multiple reports conflict one another that have said, like, it's obviously Nick that that did this. Mm-hmm. And then we saw in the Santa Liquido article, which I guess we will get to in a little bit, that, you know, hey, no, if you talk to multiple sources, like Nick Sirianni is a coach's coach. Like, he understands the, the brotherhood of coaching. He would never, never do that. He just would not do that, right? And, like, I think that a lot of people do feel that way. And I think there are a lot of people that feel that it was Howie Roseman or Jeff yeah. Lord that I- that – spark that change right here so you're gonna force it if if, let's just say that is what happened you're gonna force this coordinator change on him at 10 and 3 it goes totally sideways and then you're gonna turn around you're gonna fire the guy after he won 66 percent of his games and lost the super bowl to patrick mahomes and Andy Reid by three points like that to me doesn't seem fair that doesn't seem to warrant the loss of a job and here's what i'll say i don't know Nobody knows. And if you got me on here and we were talking about the Phillies in May, I would probably come with some like 100%, you know, hardline takes because I believe I know the way it works. We don't know, man. And like, I feel like we're just, we want blood. We want to, we want action. We want to do something here. But in reality, we have no idea. So how the hell can you have a real opinion, like a steadfast, all or nothing opinion on what should happen to Nick Sirianni and what should happen beyond 2023 when we have no clue how we even got to this point. Okay. Counterpoint to your counterpoint. Now with the fact that they're pushing it in the media, that this was all Nick's doing and stuff. He was firing these guys. He was hiring these guys and everything. Do you now this, do you now think this gives Howie and Lori even more leverage to meddle? That's, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm nervous about, that that now gives them even more a position of power. We already know that Nick was kind of like 
this glorified babysitter in a way. It was like Howie and Lori's way or the highway. At least that's what's been fed to us. Again, no one knows. But do you think now with all this public perception of Nick, like, I mean, I, I, I read our comments on like Instagram and stuff. So like, it's like, it's like, we'll, we'll put out that Matt Patricia got fired. We'll put out that Sean Desai got fired. And people are like, I'm not watching until Nick gets fired. Like, you're right. People want blood. People want absolute blood. And I, and again, I like Nick. You're right that we don't know what's going on. But do you think this now will put Lori and Howie in a position of too much power? Like the well, anti-Chip Kelly kind of. Like The one thing I do believe, like I'm not going to get on here and, and try to sell you on this idea that like, th- no, this is really what happened. This is how it went down. But what I do believe is that the Eagles certainly hired Nick Sirianni in part because they want to have, you know, organizational influence over what happens with the head coach, right? Like, I, I think that there's no question about that. I think that that is part of the reason that they have not gone out and hired these alpha personalities in terms of, you know, A-list, established, huge credibility, you know, hey, I'm coming in, I'm going to do things my way, and you guys, you know, stand back. You know, I, I think they want that collaborative approach. Here's my question, though. When you see how this thing plays out and it's been put out there through the the different NFL insiders that it was Nick Sirianni who made the decision to go to Patricia and it was Nick Sirianni who's doing these firings now. And okay, but what other action can the Eagles really take? Like if you're Nick Sirianni, you're in a tough spot because you're either doing these things and you were wrong or like, would you rather the organization come out and be like, well, you know, it wasn't Nick that did this. Like Nick Sirianni didn't fire Sean Desai. It was actually, we actually, as, as an organization and Howie Roseman in this front office, we actually sort of initiated that change and forced it upon our head coach. Put that tweet out. So if you're Nick Sirianni, you're in a tough spot here because you either did this thing and screwed up the season or you're, you, you don't want to look like you're being told what to do. You don't want to look like a puppet. So you didn't do it, and it's still kind of being dumped on your lap anyway. I, you know that that to me, it's that's not a great situation. I mean, we we've seen Pelissero carry the water, we've seen Shefty carry the water, we've seen Rapshi carry the water. We couldn't have put out a, a collaborative approach. It was a collaborative approach. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think if like you, if you would tell me like, hey, this is this is legitimately how this thing unfolded. This is who made this decision. This is why this decision was made, and I think you could look at it with like a totally objective, totally insightful outlook of how this all went down, then yeah, I think you can make some real decisions about the head coach. But my guess is here that he probably did not make that decision. Like I I don't think if I had to guess that Nick Sirianni hired Sean Desai and fired Sean Desai and promoted Matt Patricia with six weeks up in the season. I just, I don't so you, think that's so you what think it's a Howie Roseman hire? You agree with Joe Santa Liquido, which we can get into that article right now. Feels like 2019 again. Joe Santa Liquido is uh, talking about a quarterback who might not be the most beloved in the uh, in the locker room. He changed after getting a max deal. Do you think? Do you think uh, Santa Liquido just had the article from 2019? And he just plug and played where he had to play. He probably didn't even have to rewrite it, right? I mean, what, what was your uh, what were your thoughts on 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 that thing? It dropped. Was the strategy that it dropped, what do you think about that? It dropped 9.49 p.m. It was about 15 minutes after the Chiefs-Bills game. Obviously, it was a strategic play. It's always a strategic play, but go off. Let me hear what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, if you have a good story, you want to make sure that you're getting the most out of it. So 10, 15 minutes after one of the highest-rated games in, in the NFL season, it wraps up, and you're looking at all the takes about Mahomes and about Allen and the kicker. 
and then you're scrolling and you're doing your thing and then boom here we go look it's joe santa liquido dropping by and he's back he's back right yeah man listen i i don't know i read it um I know we have some colleagues that have some takes about about this guy and this article, and I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, I do think it's interesting that he came and you know wrote what he wrote about four years ago, five years ago now. And um, to his credit, you know, at the time he took a ton of shit, and he was right about a lot of it. Uh, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you that what is in that article is incorrect or that it's exaggerated or twisted or or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is weird, though, uh, that he was basically pinged like, hey, hey, Joe, remember when you wrote that banger a few years ago? You want to dust off the old keyboard and see if you can fire that one back up again? It, it really is strange. Um, it, this one didn't have quite as much like spice to it either. Like, he no, was kind of like. It yeah. was like Jalen Hurts is selfish, but he's actually a pretty good guy. He's not Carson Wentz. So like and we're he, not and he wanted to he wanted to drill the point home <laughs> that he's not Carson Wentz. You yeah. you should you should trust the validity of this, validity of this article because if I can if I can uh exaggerate, he is not Carson Wentz. And it was just it, it, the funny thing was his sources are definitely players who played with both of them because he was they were kind of on record being like yeah, I mean, what I know from the guy, what I played with the guy. Like, so, I mean, you got to look at like anybody who was on that 2018, 2019 team as being like, okay, this is who Joe's, uh, Joe's texting, Joe's calling, Joe's talking to. Uh, yeah. I, it, I think it, we do this thing again, like where um, it, one of the takes I've seen, I guess, the last couple of weeks is like, oh, Philadelphia media is against the Eagles. Like, they, they want this team to fail. Like, they're, they're against them. And like, I don't believe that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way at all. I mean, I do think that you have to be opportunistic as a writer where if you have a story, you want to put it out when it's going to really hit, when it's really going to resonate. Um, I think that we've seen a lot of different articles over the last two weeks, whether it's McLean, uh, whether it's uh, Tim McManus uh, with ESPN. Uh, We saw Ralph Vacchiano at uh, Fox Sports put one out over the weekend. Uh, Marcus Hayes has had different articles go out, uh, which I know that you've commented on uh, over the past few weeks. It's my favorite. I mean, these guys aren't making this stuff up. Like, I don't think, I don't think at the end of the day that they're just sitting there going like, well, no, literally nobody told me this. Like, this is totally unfounded. I'm just going to say it's an unnamed source or source close to the team or NFL sources, and I'm going to throw it in my article and nobody can touch me. Oh, well, I, I really don't think that that's how this works. I don't think any of these guys are doing that. I know some of the guys I just mentioned. I really don't think Marcus does that. Certainly don't think that Jeff McClain does that. Um, you could say whatever you want to say about them otherwise, and that's fine. You know, I mean, and, and I think that some of that may be even fair to a degree, but I don't think these guys are making things up. I you don't really, know. Anything. You are playing the Kevin Kincaid role. You are middlemanning the no, show. Like that it. said, I don't know a damn thing about Joe Santa Liquido, right? Like yeah. I don't, I can't vouch for him on, in, on any level. Cause I've never been near the guy. I've never talked to the guy. I've never watched the guy work. Like at least with Marcus, I can tell you, like he will ask a couple questions that probably poke the manager when I'm covering a Phillies game. And then I'll watch him out in the hallway and he grabs Rob one-on-one and he's got him for two minutes before Rob goes to his office. And I'm like, okay, like there's something there, like something in that conversation Mark has got that he's going to use, right? Like that nobody else has. Like I see Marcus do the work. Marcus is like a legitimate reporter, uh, like, like him or hate him. Like he does his job. I don't know a damn thing about Joe Santa Liquido, and I don't know how much of that is valid, but I will tell you 
the whole thing stinks. Like, you know what I do think is fair to say is that like, you as a fan want to like the Eagles and enjoy the Eagles. And for the most part, the Eagles, I think, give you a lot to cheer about. And things went terribly wrong this year. And you have a right to be annoyed by that. It was it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, and that and time that some of these these articles released, I think a lot of people weren't happy about how you know we're getting two articles on on the uh, playoff, playoff game. Playoff. Yeah, and I, look, I get it, but you know what? If if you don't want that stuff written, then you know keep your keep your mouth shut as a unnamed source. And if you're the team, don't lose five out of your last six games going into the playoffs to even put yourself in the position to have that type of article written. Yeah. Um. But I get it from fans. I, I think the biggest thing is that like it's just kind of miserable. Like. This was not fun. Like this was not this was not fun to be a part of. It was not fun to watch unfold. It was not fun to be an Eagles fan the final two months of the year. It was a miserable experience. And you know, I think in this city, like it's it's so extreme one way or the other. It's either like yo, like Nick Sirianni's our guy. Like look at him giving everybody the finger on the way to the Super Bowl. This is our dude. And like. Don't tell me that Jalen Hurts isn't a top three quarterback. Like mm-hmm. he's him, right? Like and all this stuff, and and it's got to be either that or it's got to mm-hmm. be like fire everybody. I'm miserable. Like the quarterback yeah, is. Yeah, there great. is no there is no midpoint with Eagles fans. And the funny thing is about Eagles fans is like if there was some like some dude who just like ball washed the Eagles and that was like his bit. Like it would work for a little bit, but people would get tired of that too. They'd be like, eh. like I mean, like you you see Spuds and Spuds does a good job, but he works for the team. Well, at least like, he works. I mean, there, you can't be critical of Dave. He works for the damn team. Yeah, right? that's like, the thing. I mean, that's but like, job. Yeah, but that's the reason why like Spuds is like kind of looked at as uh, as that from like a maybe for, maybe from an Eagles fan perspective, where it's like if he's reporting on something, you always take it with like the largest grain of salt. When things are going bad, you look at Jeff McClain and the Eagles fans are taking it with the largest grain of salt. I mean, did he dress up like Matt Patricia at the uh, going away locker party? I don't know. It was a that great- was weird. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think that he would do that. But man, what a like was there he aware no of that? One- like, did anyone make the joke to him at any point throughout the day? Like, oh, Jeff, haha, pencil. All right. I mean, you got. I mean, they, they let go of Les Bowen, the guy who used to keep him in line. So I mean, yeah. maybe that's maybe maybe he doesn't have his. Uh, his guy to pull the leash back a little bit. Um, but man, that was an all time look. I mean, they've had a rivalry like for, I mean, the, the best beat versus Eagles rivalry is Jeff McLean versus Howie, Jeff McLean versus Fletcher Cox. Like Jeff, Jeff pokes the bear and he's not afraid to do it. I know. And that's a, that's a feather in his cap for him and stuff. But yeah, it's, uh, I I, uh, I could have used a little bit more from like uh, maybe the Sixers or the Flyers or maybe some Phillies big news because I think I'm starting to get a little tired of talking about and just analyzing the the Eagles and everything. Well, we've thing. only just begun, man. Like we're not even yeah. we're not even in the first like the first leg of this. Like we are going to get coordinator rumors and you know we're going to get another. I don't want to call it a hit piece. Like I think that that's maybe not the right way to say it, but we're going to definitely get another like one of these two to three you know, sources giving out information about Jalen Hurts and about the discord between, you know, the players and the coaching staff and what went wrong. Like we're, we're going to still unpack more of that. Like we're not even out of the, what went wrong woods yet. It's true. And then we're going to get a, a shot of Jalen down in Texas working out. He's going to look absolutely jacked. Devonte Smith's going to be in Louisiana, uh, <laughs> taking pro foot pro pictures from uh, somebody. He's going to be looking absolutely jacked. Quez Watkins probably going to be looking absolutely jacked and be like yeah. Quez Watkins season 2025. Like yeah. we're going to have to Great hit that here. around, around April. 
Uh, June, the Johan Rojas stuff that I saw, he's absolutely jacked. Can he hit? Who knows? But he's jacked. Who cares? You know, that's been going back like that. That offseason storyline, like even predates Twitter. Like if you go back to like oh two, oh three, like 15 Mark, pounds of muscle season. Dude, Mark Simino was like the king of that for the Eagles. I think it was like oh four. He came in 12 pounds of muscle. He was like NFC defensive player of the month. I want to say in like October of 2004. And we're like, oh, man, dude, Mark Simino. And like he yeah. saw it. I feel Sean like Stuart Bradley Conson. had that. Stuart I don't know Bradley. if you're a little too young for Sean Considine. Oh, but I remember really, Sean Considine. Dude, he was a 15 pounds of muscle guy, like yeah. best offseason ever, best shape of his life guy. Yeah, The all-time uh, 15 pounds of muscle guy was LaRon Landry, and then he got popped for steroids. <laughs> <laughs> that picture of him holding the, uh, holding the creatine <laughs> or whatever, that's like an all-time picture with his muscle just like the size of my head. Um, are you done with the Eagles? You want to get into the divisional playoff? Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever you want to do, man, your show. I'm just happy to, uh, you know, tag along for a little bit. Cool. Uh, 49ers Packers. Is is Eagles fans Super Bowl this year? Is it proving Brock Purdy isn't our guy now that the Cowboys and now that the Eagles are out of the playoffs? Yeah, it's a shame, too, because, like, I feel myself doing it. Like, I actually bet on San Francisco. I had a two-team money line parlay the other night and I was like I'm just I'm not interested in the points I'm just taking the Ravens I'm taking the 49ers I need a win let's not get cute here I paid like minus 187 for it and even at that I'm I'm watching this game unfold on Saturday night and I'm still rooting for Green Bay and I'm still you know laughing every time I watch Purdy just throw a wobbler through the air that should have been picked off and yeah man like it's kind of pathetic like last year we did the whole like Oh, look, the 49ers are crying because of the backup quarterback. And, you know, he got hurt and this shouldn't even count. And like now here we are a year later and like our entire hopes and like our entire like bravado as a fan base is tied to like Brock Purdy being a failure. And it's kind of pathetic situation to be in. It is, but I love it, and I will. I will openly. Re- I'm a hater. I will. I will. I'm a hater to the tenth degree. I went to the Vonova UConn game. Halfway through the game, I went upstairs to the sports book and didn't watch the rest of the UConn Villanova. What game. did you get it after? Just to, just to troll Villanova people, or my buddy asked me to go, so I was just like, I'll go. Number one teams in town. That game was boring as hell. I know how it ended. Great cover by Villanova, but that game was so boring. They were playing Villanova basketball and they lost. Um, but yeah, I just went up to the sports book. What had had UConn Villanova on the one TV, and then had Packers versus uh, Packers versus 49ers on the other TV, and just openly hating against. Uh, against Brock Purdy and then going to Xfinity Live. That Xfinity Live, the entire place was rooting against the 49ers. It was actually awesome. It felt like an Eagles game day, which is kind of sad to say out loud, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you come away from that game thinking anything other than that, you know, hey, Brock Purdy is definitely propped up by what's around him, and he was very lucky to escape uh, that game on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was not good, and, you know, you can talk about the elements all you want, and you can talk about the wet ball and, you know, Hey, like if, if it were different conditions, it would have been fine. Debo Samuel gets hurt early. It would have been a different game. I think that Brock Purdy can and might win the Super Bowl this year. Like it's no, it's definitely in play. Hate to say it, man. Like, sorry, Eagles fans. Like he could win the Super Bowl. Um, Well, he is Joe Montana. It's yeah. We'll get to that. It's very clear though, that he is not like what, what kills me is like, you see these, these computer analytics, all these like third party neutral observers and they keep telling you how good he is. And you're like, he's just not. And, and I don't know how you come away from that game on Saturday night thinking that he, he is a top five, top 10 guy. Yock Purdy. 
Um, I mean, he's he's it's the 49ers are so frustrating to watch because they're so great yards after the catch. And even they're so good with like four yard routes over the middle. And then like Juwan Jennings will die for three more yards and it'll be like second and three. And it's like they're so good at just getting an extra one, two, three yards on everything. They are. I, I will say, you know, to his credit, if I'm going to, you know, they won the game. It's hard to win playoff games. We just watched an Eagles team put up nine points in a game. So to to be fair, as as bad as everything went, like one of the things I said to myself watching the game the other night is he has to know he sucks, right? Like, like he does. Like he, he has to know his mind that he sucks. Yeah, because like I think like I think that when you're playing a game and you know the entire country has questions about you, you know the entire country kind of thinks you're a little bit of a fraud. And for the most part, they've been able to front run all year. Like they really have. And he hasn't had those moments where he's really had to bear down and make a big throw or make a big play at a key time to show that he's the guy and that he's part of the reason, a main reason that this 49ers team can get to the Super Bowl and win it. So here he is Saturday night, and he was terrible the entire game, and he knows it, and he's not making throws. The weather's affecting him. Debo's not there. He's been just misfiring. He knows it's lucky that, that a couple of those picks weren't run back or, you know, ball should have been picked and run back. And so now you're in the fourth quarter, and your season's on the line, and you know, like, damn, like, I have not played well in this game. Everybody that has had all this shit to say about me is laughing at their at their house right now. Players around the league that kind of talk shit on me are probably laughing at home right now. Maybe like maybe I'm just maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not going to do this. And he does, to his credit, go down the field and make the throws when he had to absolutely make them to get them through that game. Yeah, but he had to, he had the same chance to do it 11 minutes before. He did, but like you know, like I mean, at some point, right? Like you. Brock Purdy is the winner. Look at this accuracy, right? From yeah, Bob I mean, like, Michael on September 21st, 2023. Brock yeah, I mean, Purdy like, is the I've winner. Been, I've been hating on this guy all year. Like, I don't I don't want to admit, like, because I think part of it is, like, you know, you think you know something when you watch these games. Like, you think you know who's good, who's not, who's legitimate, who's not. And, like, you don't want to be wrong about players. You don't want to be wrong about things. But man, like you watch it unfold. Like I, I will just say this. Like I will give him credit that in that moment when he could have really doubted everything, he did find a way to get through it. And now he's going to have another opportunity to beat a team on Sunday night who who's playing with a ton of momentum and probably the entire country behind its back. So it's it's going to be really interesting. But he was terrible on Saturday night, and I know that there are a lot of people, and we'll get to this in a minute, that came away from that game impressed by what happened. Macro, big level, big big picture, no way. Yeah, uh, bring that tweet up, Craig from uh, from David Lombardi. David Lombardi has his flag solely planted in the Brock Purdy is good conversation. He tweeted after the game, Brock Purdy answered every single doubt and criticism by delivering a comeback playoff drive that has immediately become part of 49ers legends. That's what Joe Montana used to do. David Lombardi, don't ask how. They ask how many and comeback drives. He's got more than Jalen Hurts this year. So David Lombardi has uh, – if you didn't know, David Lombardi works at The Athletic, um, which was shocking to me when I found out that he works at The Athletic with ads. Um, I thought it was one of like – it would be a site like ours or a fan site, you know, 49ers weekly, 49ers monthly on fan side or something like that. No, he works at The Athletic. This is a a quote-unquote journalist. Um, Brock Purdy, Joe Montana? 
Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I, I want to just talk about the guy, not the take. I mean, I don't mute many things on Twitter. Like, it takes a lot for me to mute someone or, like, block a, a phrase or anything. And I muted this guy after the Eagles game uh, this yeah. year. I was just – I can't do this anymore. Like, this guy is an absolute idiot. I just can't – I cannot subject myself to five to six tweets per day from this guy. Um What's surprising to me is just like the total lack of credibility and objectivity that this guy brings to the table. And like, I don't want to do this like anti-athletic rant. Like, here's what I'll tell you. When you go cover a baseball game or you go look at like Major League Baseball coverage, you're talking about like Jason Stark, who is a guy like I grew up like thought he was great. Like he's part of the reason I became a baseball fan. Right. Like he's a great writer. A lot of credibility. Ken Rosenthal, who I know not everybody loves him, but he's well-respected around the industry, around the league. You know, Matt Gelb, who I know, like, there's been some things over time where, like, on the site, we've we've kind of, like, poked some fun at some of the things that have happened. But uh, Matt admitted is, piece of shit. Admitted what, piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Matt, when you, like, watch a guy do work, like, if I go cover a Phillies game and Matt covers a Phillies game, like, first of all, we do it in a totally different way. He's traveling. I'm not. I do it like on a spot way now. Anthony obviously is kind of taking the lead there. I kind of go to just talk to some people, see what I see, make sure that I know what I'm talking about. And then I'm writing more about like, you know, what I saw in the game and like what, what you as a fan might want to take out of the game. Yeah. Matt's a great storyteller and he's a great reporter. And like, he's a guy that like, when it comes to Philly's beat, like dudes, like really, you got to read him. Like he's legitimately excellent at his job and I have a lot of respect for him so when you think about the athletic like you can take jabs at like the ownership and we're going to bleed out the the industry and we're going to kill newspapers and the with ads without ads all that shit but like what are they doing like how do you attach your name to a to a like a reporter like that like we all have people we don't like to work with the dude is a legitimate clown and I'm not saying that like just because you work for the athletic that you're like high and mighty but like you said it like you you talk about like the way that I think a lot of fans look at sports media and like look at different sites and everything like oh it's crossing broad like they're not they're not real journalists okay mm-hmm. like whatever that's fine, fine um but like when <laughs> you think about the athletic it's supposed to be this like you know it's it's a different tier of of journalism and then you have this this guy Lombardi attached to it I mean just go through if you guys that are listening to this haven't seen this guy just go through and look at his Twitter, man. I mean, it is like rah, rah, ultimate fanboy shit. And I say that as somebody that has a Phillies credential and like on my desk, like I have a Chase Utley bobblehead because when I was 23, I was at the parade screaming and cursing and getting drunk. Like I love the Phillies growing up. Like I can also go down there and tell you when they're not playing well Mm -hmm. and not sound like the Philly fanatic. Like, and this guy, like I've never seen, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious. I mean, his profile picture is him. I think he's at the the, the Twitter headquarters with a with a golden football and a Twitter uh, logo right behind his head. Since he is in San Francisco, unless he's got like that that like ESP like yeah, look at this guy, <laughs> Stanford swimmer, former Stanford uh, swimmer, which I found that I was doing a little research on Dave Lombardi, oh, big man. 49ers fan. Group basically, this is actually Bob. This is basically you. Grew up a huge 49ers fan. And uh, and 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 finally uh, got a job where you could write about him. So yeah, you man, threw a couple of the same cloth. I just don't understand that approach at all. I really, I just do not. 
Yeah. Whatever. Um, Ravens Texans. This game was over midway through the third quarter. It was a snooze fest. A little bit of a nice uh, appetizer to 49ers Packers. Um, all I have on this is like shout out to Todd Munkin. I haven't seen someone recognize a blitz package and uh, get the ball out of the QB's hands in in a, an entire season. So yeah, so. and then and and not only that, but he struggled and they struggled with the blitz in the first half. And then they went in and they said, you know what? All right, we've got to be we've got to be quicker here. We've got to get yeah. the ball out. We've got to you know shorten these routes and. And they made the adjustments at halftime, and Lamar was awesome. I think he accounted for what four total touchdowns, and um, you know he comes in the playoffs. I think he was one and three coming in, uh, mm-hmm. one and four coming in. Um, so it was kind of nice to see him go out and play like that. And you know, I have never been anti Kansas City Chief. Uh, you know, obviously I rooted against really? him in the Super Bowl last year, but I, I've always kind of like kind of leaned like, hey, like I appreciate greatness, and I think that yeah. Patrick Mahomes is great, and and that's fine. Uh, I've turned this year though, and it has nothing to do with the Eagles last year. It has nothing to do with the Chiefs beating the Eagles. Just watching Mahomes like just incessantly whine to referees and get walked down the field on key spots again and again, just acting like an absolute baby, man. Um, it, it's really turned me off. It really has turned me off to them. And so when I watched the Ravens the other night, the thing I was hoping for coming out of that game was like, give me a reason to feel like you're going to take care of business in the AFC championship game against the chiefs, if they beat the bills. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that they did that. I mean, they gave up three points defensively to a Houston team with CJ Stroud, who had been playing out of his mind coming in. And, you know, everybody talking about Bobby Slowick, the the Texans offensive coordinator. I mean, they didn't score a touchdown against that Ravens defense the other night. Um, It was super impressive. I think Baltimore has been the most complete team in the NFL now for a couple months, and I think that they showed that again this weekend. Yeah, Mike McDonald is who Tom Pelissero thinks Matt Patricia is for the Ravens, (laughs) the coordinator. Um, Craig, I think I'm getting a little bit of feedback if we can uh, can mess this up. Um, Lions Bucks, before we get the Chiefs Bills, Lions have more NFC championship appearances this century than the Dallas Cowboys. There's a little stat for you on that one. I saw that one going around Twitter yesterday. That's amazing. Zach Ertz. Ring chasing. Is he ring chasing in, in Kansas City? Oh, no. Is he ring chasing in Baltimore? Oh, no. How about 49ers land? Oh, no. He's ring chasing for the Detroit Lions. How things have done a complete 180. The same team that went 0-16 this century is now signing a tight end of the practice squad. Will be elevated for the game uh, to go get that second ring. Good for him. More world. Where do you uh, kind of fall on the on the Lions? Like, so I thought that after the win against the Rams in Wild Card Weekend, mm-hmm. that they had sort of um, how do I elegantly say that they sort of shot, shot their, their wad? Way. Yeah, shot their wad. I thought that they kind of had that vibe, and I thought that Tampa Bay was going to be competitive in that game. So I wasn't surprised to see the game be tight and kind of be up for grabs in the fourth quarter. Um. When they didn't come racing out, though, like when they didn't come out firing Detroit, I was like, uh oh, like they might they might get tripped up here. Like they might be in real trouble. Uh, And I give them a lot of credit because, like, I mean, they bared down in the second half offensively. They really got things going. Um, I'm a huge Baker Mayfield guy. So I had Baker. I had the Bucks with a little sprinkle on the money line because I just I saw what Baker does. He just unleashes the third leg and then he just, you know. He he just he's a winner. He's a gamer. Like Mike Evans is still good, even though he struggled in the first half. Obviously, you saw how it came out in the end of the first half. I do want to ask you though, could you power rank the four fan bases? The one that you the the ones that you would least least 
want to win the Super Bowl? Start with oh, four. Yeah, uh, I think that four for me is the 49ers. I think most people listening to that would know least agree. least. So number one would be. Oh, like would. Yeah. Oh, the least I, I want to see is the 49ers. So they're number one then. I mean, yeah. like it just starts there. Like, let's let's not uh, kill this. You know, no, no need for suspense. <laughs> um, you know, I think that you feel like Kansas City at this point has been pretty, pretty damn spoiled. So I, I think that you probably come in there next. I, I don't have anything against those people, but they've had enough. They're, they've had their time. Yeah. So then I think it you know, comes down to Baltimore, who I have nothing against, and, and God bless you, good luck. But I think that you look at the torture that Lions fans have had to deal with decade after decade after decade, and how do you not kind of – how do you kind of not back them and root for them to make a run here, you know? Yeah, Lions are definitely number four for me. I got Ravens <laughs> at number three. Kansas City at number two, 49ers, obviously at number one. So same rankings that you had. Yeah, it's just I, I I actually didn't even want the Bills. Like, I love the Bills torment. I think the Bills, like, continuing this right wide right tradition, being the bridesmaids, never the brides. Like, they're the Sixers like, of the – Do you think a team, you know, like a fan base – see, the thing is, like, Sixers – like, I got to be careful here. No, do it. Part of the Buffalo experience is like the four falls of Buffalo, the 30 for 30. I don't know if you saw that, the, you know, the early mm-hmm. nine losing the four Super Bowls in a row. And like what that does to you as a fan, like what that does to your fan culture. And then just, you know, basically 20 years of, of kind of being a fraud, always being a fringe playoff team or not even being in it. Mm-hmm. And like, and then you finally get Josh Allen and you're back and here you are. And you're not even getting to the Super Bowl now. You're like getting to the divisional round. And you're good and you're overcoming adversity and you, you have a shot and like, and you still can't do it. I almost wonder, like if that becomes such a part of your identity, what happens when you, when you kind of climb the mountain, like what happens when you do win? Like, do you, you think it has shit. Because here, equals. <laughs> because here it didn't. I like, I don't think like, I don't think the, the Super Bowl changed a lot in terms of like, we, we got to see it. A lot of our like a lot of us cried when it happened, but I don't think that like after the fact it's changed us all that much. Like we are still totally out of our minds, totally overreact to every single thing. Like it, you can't tell me otherwise. We are, we opened the show talking about firing a coach who was what thirty five and sixteen in three years. Like we're we're cockier now. We're cockier now. When we things more, are going well, we are too? the cockiest. Are, are we more entitled to? Yeah, we're the cockiest fan base. When it's all going well, we are so cocky. It's not as it's not like New England, who's you know had ten championships in the last twenty three years. It's like when things are going well, best fans in sports, baby. Citizens Bank Park. Why wouldn't you want to be here? Can't come in here, you know, and win and stuff. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I has it changed? Has it changed in some ways? But I mean, I it it we're still like we're we're, we're still kind of moving back towards losers um, it's weird though like in 18 after they won and alshon jeffrey had the job uh the drop in new orleans like i was pretty upset and that was the year after yeah. you know i was like damn like they well, could have you, you get that taste you get that taste of the super bowl and you want more like you get that yeah. taste of like you know a nice little uh lottery win or a gambling win you yeah. want more it's just yeah i mean like when they go back to the super bowl last year like they lost that super bowl like i have kids now i'm not just like a you know idiot 30 year old running around just doing whatever i want all the time like i nice was at my, yeah there you go 
but like I was at my friend's house, we were watching the game and I was like devastated. And I was like, Hey, I got to go wake up my daughter. And like, I have to drive her home and like be an adult and go live my life. But then I woke up the next day and like, I could barely work. Like it took me like three weeks to like get out of like the, the hangover of losing that game. Like that one win didn't really like change the, the, level of insanity that I kind of approach these games with. It really hasn't. But I asked that with Buffalo because it's almost just like the scars are their identity. And it's almost like from afar. I think we used to do this with the Red Sox before they both, won. Both physical scars and mental scars yeah, because they do yeah. the tables and light themselves on fire. You know, like I wonder if there's like some sick part like some sick like deep dark place that they can't even like understand within themselves like that it's like, you know, this is actually probably for the best. Like this keeps us us. By yeah. by having the torture every year, but it's I mean, it's imagine if I feel, dude, I feel for those people. I do because they're good fans, and man, like they are just getting, like they are just absolutely getting fucked at the end of each and every one of these years. Imagine doing physical labor. Imagine shoveling yeah. that entire stadium out and, and not losing on another wide right field goal. And you know what it is? Like they're going out there to like to do it, to like be part of it be part of the community to tell their kids that like you know in 2024 i was there i shoveled out the stadium and then we went and watched the game and they won and they're not doing it to be like instagram influencers or like put it on a story or like build up social media clout like they're no i mean like most of those people are out there i mean it's, but like, there's a guy there's a guy who gets ketchup and mustard literally drenched on him before every single game. There is some Instagram clout. There sure, is there's, some, they're, and they're, they're throwing and their buddies through a table that's on fire. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, have you ever been to Buffalo? I just feel like no, it's just different good. up there. Like, I just feel like, I, I don't know. I, I watched that game and I felt sick for those people. Last did you night. I really did. I did. No. I also, listen, I also had a loser. I also had the bills, but you know. yeah. Yeah. Well, I had, I see the funny thing is when going back to your, um, your point about the 49ers Packers, how you had, I have a future on the chiefs. I saw the swag surf and I was like, you know what? I've seen a song and a city get behind a song before and then win a Super Bowl championship. So I immediately put a future on the chiefs and I started rooting against Patrick Mahomes after he begged for that uh, pass interference call when the ball wasn't out of his hands late in the game. That was bullshit. Um, we got, I mean, we got to talk about the, the main attraction uh, at the bills game. I mean, Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Craig, pull up the photo of Jason Kelsey in the suite when you get a chance. To, to have the most famous woman in the entire world five feet from you and every, the wrong one, Craig, it's in the dock, um, and have everybody's eyes, CBS cameras focused on you is insane. I mean, this guy... I would be sh I would be scared if he was actually retiring and this is how he was doing it if he didn't actually just go down to CIL every single summer and do the same exact thing while raising money for charity. So now I think this actually feels me makes me feel good about the retirement for Jason Kelsey. Are you uh, uh in the camp that he is absolutely retiring like he is not coming back next year? Uh, if you, after I saw the clip in his podcast last week, I did, I felt like he is, he's definitely could be, could be done. Yeah. I uh, thought now that I, people know. Were, I, I thought people took that clip last week to say like, look, he's leaving the door open. He, he yeah. would have just retired. And I thought that he was more or less saying like, look, there's a lot of people to thank and there's a right way to do it. And when it's time, I'll do it. 
you know, and I know that Travis came out, uh, you know, before this game this weekend and said that he still has football left in him if he wants to play it. And then you saw all this this weekend and I loved it, obviously. Um, I don't know how you you couldn't love it unless you're uh, Mike McGarry of the AC Press, who I uh, cover the Phillies with. I don't know if you know Mike at all or if you follow him on Twitter. Go look at some of his tweets about Jason Kelsey last night. Really uh, good good dude, good reporter, good high school reporter too, but my God, he hates the Kelseys. Um, So look, I mean, he to me looks like a guy that has a brand that he wants to build and he's out there supporting his brother, which is awesome. I'm not saying he's hamming it up because he's trying to build a brand, but I think he also is smart enough to know that he has an opportunity to truly capitalize on this moment and this exposure uh, for their future endeavors. He picked up tens of thousands of Twitter followers after last night's game. He's all over America. He's a story online. Um, It's a huge opportunity for him to kind of really make himself what he wants to be and uh, I, I respect the hell out of him for doing it. I mean, he's he's good at it too, and he's, he's the king. He's he's the king of the NFL. Like every fan base likes Jason Kelsey. Like if 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 Bills fans might have their top five players on the Bills, Jason Kelsey might sneak into there after yesterday. Yeah. He's doing shots out of bowling balls. He's obviously shirtless. He's got Bud Lights that make his hands look humongous. He's got Andre the Giant hands around the Bud Light like that meme. Think about this: like Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown, his brother jumps out of a box to chug a beer at the visitor stadium, right? Like, so here we are. So like, just let's play make-believe for a second. This is, you know, Joey Bosa yeah. jumping jumping out of a suite to pound a beer, celebrating a strip sack from Nick Bosa. Like, how do you think that would have played? You know, like, you know, this isn't just like, like oh, NFL player drinks a beer. Like, that was funny. Like, it, it takes a special kind of guy to, to be able to pull that off and get that type of reception about it. So, Dude, it's an election year. Is it too late to get Kelsey on the presidential ticket? Yeah, man. He, uh, you know. What dirt it, are they going to dig up on him? He's a he's a guy from Philadelphia who's got a drinking problem and likes to take his shirt off? Okay. Yeah, wow. He was now he's more related. He ripped the sink out of a bathroom when he was drunk, you know. Like yeah. That type Fell of asleep stuff. at a Buffalo billiards. Who yeah. amongst us hasn't? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Good for him. I just the, the thing I can't help but think watching it just as an Eagles fan is just like this guy's not coming back. Like this- and, uh, see this this made me think he is coming back a little bit more. I, I, you I, watched that, you thought to yourself, like, this is a guy that is setting himself up for uh one last dance next year. He loves it, man. He loves he 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 like once again, you said he's building a brand and everything, but he loves the attention. And with the attention that football brings you, he loves that as well. I mean, would you be shocked if he if he retires and midway through next year, we've got some rumblings. He's staying in shape. I mean, the way he climbed up into that suite, that was amazing. That's a 300-pound man. Easily. I mean, he, he's still playing at an all-pro level. Like, dude, you get on the other side of things, and it's just got to be like, damn, this kind of sucks. Like, I'm sure he loves his family. He loves his wife and everything. But, like. You're just Jason Kelsey at this point. I know you got the podcast. I'm sure you're going to be on Good Morning America. I'm sure NFL Network or ESPN or someone's going to come knocking down your door. Maybe Fox, maybe NBC, maybe CBS. Well, that's and and that's the reason that he doesn't come back. Like, one, is he coming back to play anywhere else? Like, I know some people are like, well, maybe he'll go play a year with Travis. You know, maybe he'll go to Kansas City for a year. I, he could, I don't I think have. he could do that. I think I think Kylie would tell him he can't do that. Yeah, I don't think that he would play for anybody but the Eagles. Like, if you're him, like. As much as like I'm not out on the Eagles, like I'm not telling you like oh they can't win the NFC East next year. I don't know what they're going to be. I have no clue. But like looking at it right now, if you're him, are you like yeah man? I'm gonna 
I'm going to come back for this. Like that's, that's tough. Like for, for what? Like you just said it, like he, he probably has every single door open right now that you could possibly want open. Like what more, you know, and I know that those doors will be there a year from now. Most of them, I'm sure mm-hmm. that maybe one or two closed. Maybe there's another one open too, but like you've won already. Like you did it. Everyone friggin' loves you. You're a hall of famer. You're going out on top. You're healthy. Your family's awesome. The, the a country that hates everything seemingly loves you. Like, holy shit. It just, it just go. And, and I say that as somebody that really wants him to stay. Um, fuck. I had a point now. I just missed the point. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I mean, I guess you're right. I, I'm going to remain optimistic until I get it on, uh, uh, get a, uh, a decision on, on the podcast, but he's still playing an all pro level, man. He's still like, he can still, I don't know. WIP's report or uh, Jeremy Fowler's reporting that uh, Ron Rivera is getting an interview with the Eagles for a defensive coordinator job. Oh, is that what we got here? You think is Ron that- Rivera could pull him out of retirement? <laughs> Eagles are interviewing Ron Rivera. I love it. You know what? I think the Eagles feel like after this year more than anything, especially seeing that that's a name that they're kind of attached to. It's like I think they just feel like they need a sense of stability and like professionalism, like a baseline of professionalism, especially on that side of the football. I feel like that they they really I think that that was clear this year. Like of all the things that you can say about how things played out, what went down the last two months, it was just an unprofessional, unstable product. Um, So it's like kind of getting another adult in the room with him. Always, always been a good D.C. Had those couple of years in Carolina. Not the greatest coach when it comes to X's and O's and when it comes to game management uh, around Rivera. So having him focus on one thing is uh, is probably the best. Um, Craig, can you pull up the DraftKings odds for uh, for next week? I just want to see who you uh, who you like while we're early, early in the week. Right now, it's uh, Kansas City Chiefs are getting three in Baltimore and uh, the, the 49ers are six and a half. Point favorites in 68 degrees sunny weather for Brock Purdy next. You said uh, three, three and six and a half, huh? So that's a yeah. little bit of movement from last night because we saw three and a half at open and seven, and in some places seven and a hook with the 49ers, seven and a half. So uh, that's interesting that DraftKings is there right that now. That is true with Debo being a 50 50 shot, too. I mean, that line still tells me that they think that uh, that Debo will be back next week, man. But this is very um, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that what you're seeing here is that the public wants to believe in the Lions. I think that you're going to yeah. see some public money on Detroit. I'm not surprised by that. And, you know, listen, um, I think that if you looked at this Chiefs Ravens matchup two weeks ago, yeah. uh, you would have said Ravens three and a half, four makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You're seeing like zombie Mahomes right now, just like yeah. doing it. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not going to bet against this guy. Nope. Uh, I'll give you one real quick. So Patrick Mahomes has been an uh, underdog, a money line underdog of plus 140 or more uh, six times in his career. Only six times he's been a money line underdog of plus 140 or greater. He is 5-0-1 <laughs> against the spread in those games. And he's won five out of the six outright. Hammer. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I think a lot of people are looking at, you know, uh, when that game opens and they see three and a half, it's like, I'm not. I'm not taking Patrick Mahomes. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes with anything, you know, more than a field goal. So uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got the Super Bowl winner right now. San Francisco 49ers are plus 145 in the future. Baltimore Ravens, two to one. 
Kansas City Chiefs 350 and Detroit Lions plus 750. Um, I got the Chiefs at plus 450, so I'm riding with them. Um, what do you like? Can can you see the Lions potentially? Can can the Lions beat the 49ers? Yes. Um, I think that they're going to need a similar game path and a game flow to what we saw though on Saturday night. Like they're going to have to establish a lead early. They're going to have to make San Francisco have some doubt. And I think that they're better than green Bay. I do. Um, and I think that they would be able to close in that situation. But like if, if San Francisco gets out seven, nothing, 10, three, 14, three, like no shot. Um, my early leans on these games, like I haven't done enough to, to really get into them and really have a feel. I, I kind of think the 49ers are probably going to take it to Detroit if I had a guess. I don't feel great about that yet. I think that the Ravens are going to beat Kansas City. Uh, I do, and I think they're going to cover. I actually think that you're going to get the Ravens by a touchdown plus in the AFC Championship game. Wow. Yeah, I really believe in that team. I think that some of the teams that we've seen here in Philly, like the 2017 Eagles – you know, the Phillies team, the World Series team that made the run 22, where you're like, they've got the right group of guys. Like, first of all, they're really damn good. So don't overlook that. Like the, the Ravens are legitimately awesome. Mm. Um, but like there's like a vibe around them as well. They got like some dogs on they have that team. Awesome vibes. They have some good leadership. I just believe in that team. Like I, I know that a lot of people are going to default to the idea of like you just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. And I totally totally respect that but i think that baltimore is better offensively i think they're better defensively um and they're at home and i you know i just i think it's that simple i think it's baltimore's year and i think that they're gonna i think they're gonna beat up on the chiefs a little bit and end this thing we just hired a new gambling guy joe tanzi great guy love his picks he went one and three and he just got he he and he and he went one and three this weekend by like five yards here uh he had um he had James Cook over 61 and a half yards. Did you see this? It was 67 yards he had in his last four rushes. It went from minus three, minus four, uh, minus one, zero. And he finished with 61 yards and lost by the hook. Oh, tough life out there, man. That's all I can say. All right. We got a, we'll, we'll round it up with a, uh, with a quick uh, blow through a little two minute drill for you. No dollar dog nights on the promotional schedule we get for the Philadelphia Phillies. Bob, what's going on down there in Citizens Bank Park? Sounds like you better get to work, man. I might have to call a senator. It is election year. I heard um, the Phillies love it when you get into the dollar dog thing. I hear they're huge fans of it. They do. They are. They are my biggest uh, My biggest fan. Are they um, going to invite you to the uh, stadium this year to do the uh, preseason tasting and let you know what's on the menu and, and that? Sure, thing, yeah. They'll, they'll invite me to all of uh, Aaron Nola's uh, Yingling, um, Yingling uh, events, and they'll invite me to Bryce Harper's uh, events with you know whatever charity he's pr- promoting and stuff, and they'll invite us all to the uh, – to the food stuff. Those food stuff things are overrated. Me and Craig went to the one at the uh, the Wells Fargo Center, and it's just like we're not a we're not a food blog kind of thing. So like we never released the video. It was stupid. Um, Anthony Rendon wants to shorten the season. Anthony Rendon also has played 148 games in the last three seasons. How do you feel about Anthony Rendon right now? Yeah, I don't know. Is that like one of those like tongue in cheek things where he said it and I was kind of like, haha, everyone knows I'm going to be joking when I say this, right? Or is he like dead ass serious? Which is like super ballsy for like one of the most uh, like, 
lack of door like he's so undorable like he's just he's hurt all the time he's stolen millions of dollars from that franchise like if there's one guy in major league baseball to not make the point that the season should be shorter it's him like he's yeah. the guy that gets to say nothing about the amount of games played yeah he's the guy that like you actually agree with him and you're like well i don't want to agree with anthony rendon there Anyone is like a, a sector of baseball players that hate baseball like that hate the sport and they're just yeah. good at it and they're there and like they make the money and it is what it is like i think he's one of them yeah um gabe kapler's walking advice did you see yeah, this can we pull up the video here craig we have gabe kapler's walking advice and put the sound on please craig if you're trying to decide whether you're going to walk somewhere or uber or drive and Google Maps says it's going to take you 10 minutes via car. It's probably about right. But if it tells you it's going to take 15 or 17 minutes to walk that same distance, it could be wrong. All you have to do is walk fast. And maybe you're cutting that down by three, four minutes. So don't let that make you get in the car. Just walk faster. Just trying to Gabe Kapler, just walk faster. For people that don't know, uh, I had a pretty good relationship with Gabe Kapler when he was here. We would text and, you know, I, yeah, it was, yeah. I liked him when he was here. I would always acknowledge that he was a pretty weird dude. And uh, everything that he has done since he's left has only made him weirder. So, yeah, uh, Gabe Kapler is a must video, I have no reaction to that video other than to be like, yeah, man, that's Gabe. I, I don't know. Weird fucking guy. Walk faster, get there faster, spot the lie from Gabe Kapler. I've always said this, though, and it's funny. I actually agree with Gabe on this. Google Maps times are for fat people. They all, they never factor in. If it's a 10-minute walk for people like me who have strides that are like six feet long, you know, I can get there in six, seven. I say don't trust the Google Map uh, walking uh, instructions. Walk faster, get there faster. Gabe Kapler. Strange dude. Yeah, he's awesome. He's the best. Uh, last one for you. Uh, well, one more for you. Uh, was the bandwagon too full on the Flyers this weekend? Gave up 12 goals in two games. Owen Tippett now injured. Is Bobby jumping off the bandwagon? Was Bobby ever on the bandwagon? I was I was not. Uh, but um, I'll tell you what, man. The Flyers are doing things the right way. Like, Can I just say this as somebody that doesn't care about the Flyers at all? And like when the Flyers play well, like a lot of the fans do. They're like, oh, here you come. Look, now everybody cares about the Flyers. Look, they are... A, a team that for years truly deserved to be irrelevant the way that they operated the product that they put on the ice and they are doing things the right way. And they've made phenomenal progress in year one and what's going to take some time. And the fact that like, we're even talking about the metropolitan and oh man, like they might come get the Rangers. Like those are conversations that like just even having that conversation in the middle of January alone, man, Everyone just needs to be happy. Like, just let this thing breathe. Let them build it up. Like, I hate, I hate so much of the talk around hockey. I really do. I really do. Because it's, it's like, where are you at on this? Like, where, do, where do you fall on this? Because like, what I mean by that is like, there's people that are like, it's hockey. Who cares? Not a sport. Like, which is, that's, don't be a dick. Right. Yeah. That's let people. I'm a big, let people enjoy what they like. Right. God. And like, I don't like hockey and I've never cared about it. And I was, I sucked at it as a kid and I just, it was never for me, but like, I don't like, that's awesome. If you love hockey, like, yo, go get it, man. Go flyers. Like I'm not rooting against them. That's for sure. Um, but then it's like, really on the other to, side, like, it's really fun to watch a sport that you have no like invested interest in and be like, Oh man. And then you could make your jokes and like flyers fans can get mad at you. But then also like, you know, when they're doing well, you can be a part of and 
you know, some Flyers fans will let you. And Flyers fans are hard to ingratiate yourself into. Well, like, what's up with it? Like, th- this is what I guess I don't really know. Like, um, I guess it's, like, kind of unique to hockey. Maybe it's unique to the Flyers. But, like, I definitely saw it. I spent a lot – like I said, I was I had the flu. So I was in bed all weekend. I spent a lot of time on social media apps. And I did. Like, I saw it. And I don't it's, know if it's, it's real. really good for your mental health, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, it was great. Um, I don't know if this is, like, real or not. Like, I'm not saying that all Flyers fans are even so- – like, I just saw these tweets though. And there is like this like sentiment of like, Oh, look, like here comes everybody with their hockey opinions now. Like, Oh, like you're, you're on the bandwagon now. Where were you before? Like, but people do the bandwagon know. for every single team. I mean, the Phillies sucked for 14 years, didn't make the yeah, playoffs. I mean, Phillies, and then, like, the Phillies in 2022 in the month of September had like 21,000 people at their games. Yeah. Like, and then two, two weeks later, it was the hottest ticket on earth. My thing is when local news, when your sixes, your channel tens, your channel threes, and your Fox 29s, when they start getting involved in everything, they start having segments for the teams and stuff. That's when, like, because you're getting, you know, you're getting your yeah. uh, your morning show moms and you're getting your uh, your work from home dads and stuff, you know, guys that like don't really maybe follow the Eagle or follow the Eagles or follow the Phillies until, I mean, I'm a pink cat for the Flyers. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be there, you know, thinking about videos in, in April and in, in June, you know, hoping they go for as far as they can because it's good for us and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of when I look at people like that are on the bandwagon, like just enjoy the people are, uh, yeah, are enjoying your team. It's more people to talk about with things. You go to a bar. Hey, you want to talk about the flyers? I haven't been able to talk about the flyers in three years. So yeah, Nat Marlar there. It's not nearly as bad as it was in 2020. I'd argue it's much less toxic now. That's good. I mean, like I said, like I, I just saw what I saw. I'm not saying that there's, you know, 30,000 flyers fans out there that are like, don't, don't, you weren't with us during the tough times. So don't come now. But yeah, man, just um, like, yeah, they lose two games this weekend. I don't have any clue why they did, or I have no hockey opinion or analysis that I could give you, so I'm not even going to pretend to. But, like, it's a, it's a team that, like, people didn't expect to be in this position. Bump in the road. Stay on them. Hopefully they fight back. One more for you. Leaked, potentially leaked, Super Bowl 59 logo. <laughs> uh, people have all this uh, this conspiracy theory that this script has been written because of the uh, – the fifty, uh, the the Super Bowl logos over the past years. It was uh, it was Bengals versus uh, versus Rams. Then it was Birds versus Chiefs. Now it's looking like it's it's set up for Ravens versus San Francisco. And Craig, if we can pull up uh, logo fifty nine, apparently it's a fan developed one, but it's pretty freaking nice. I would actually go with this. Looks like we got a little bit of purple and green. Some people are trying to say Packers colors. That's a Kelly green. That is not a Packers green. Now you could you could say Seattle Seahawks don't know who they're they're uh, hiring. They could potentially be in the mix, but it looks like we might be setting up for an Eagles Ravens Super Bowl next year, people. And you can get your futures in. What do you think about the conspiracy theory surrounding the uh, the logo and the script of the Super Bowl? You hate this shit. Yeah, I hate this shit. I know. I love bringing it up. I, so I brought it up. I, I don't know. Like. Come on, man. What are we doing? Are we serious? Oh, man, you were like, on social media all weekend. You probably got you probably got crushed. I saw that. No, I mean, I saw that that logo that you just put up on the screen. I saw that logo 40 times, and people are like, yo, go birds. Like, we gotta wear Kelly Green in the Super Bowl next year. Okay. Dude, sometimes you have to appease to the lowest common denominator of fans. Uh Maybe, Philly fan says Vikings Jets. Vikings Jets. Yeah, I was that let's, get, Jets. Yeah. let's get Aaron Rodgers. Let's get Aaron Rodgers in the Jets versus the Packers. That would be great. Yeah, let's do let oh wow, that would be that would be awesome. I would go I would go Ravens Jets before I went Vikings Jets. I don't believe in Kirk Cousins, not primetime Kirk. Oh, Kirk, um, Kirk Kirk might be like linking up with Bill Belichick in Atlanta. Let's wow. See what happens with Kirk. Damn, I don't have this one up. 
but this captivated the uh this captivated the social media sphere and a nice uh during the during the Lions game. Caitlin Clark, blocker charge. <laughs> oh, we're not getting this. I don't get to see it. I, I saw, don't know. I Let me see. Did you, Craig? I, I saw I, it earlier. I, I saw people saying that she flopped and like she she's been too much. And I don't know, man. I've got a charge. Here we are. Yeah, Yo, you got a charge. Okay, let's see. I, I mean, uh, from that view, that's that's impossible. That's like, of course, we get like the the one from the. Hold on, I got it. I got it, Craig. I got the alternate angle. The alternate angle. The sky cam. I've got a flop. I got the ball going the other way, and Caitlin Clark's going to five thousand dollar fine. Once Craig pulls it up, um, I got a flop. I don't know. Like, so she—it's not like she extends first. Like, she gets hit on the shoulder and then extends. My thing is, like, if you're—if first of all, you're like, okay, we just lost this game. I'm pissed. Yeah. And then, like, you're trying to just get back to where you need to get to, and you get hit across your body. You're, you're like probably stunned to a degree, right? That's like, true. and that's a Midwestern woman, man. They don't—they don't build them. They build them tougher out there in the Midwest than they do on the East Coast. So I think Western. she's probably a little caught off guard here too. I mean, like, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's the it's the it's the hands, the hands the, up, and then like the, the the full three sixty might be might yeah. be extreme. I, I I don't know, man. I gotta I gotta I I think the ball's going the other way. Like I'm not. This woman shouldn't get in trouble. I think it's fair no. to say, right? Like it's not like she was trying to come up and assault Caitlin Clark or anything like that. Like, well, I'm just happy that she wasn't. I think she got the wind knocked out of her. I'm just happy she didn't like break an arm or break a let a break a break her leg or something like that. Because then we're like, should we ever let court storming happen yeah, ever yeah, again? Yeah. And I'm a huge yeah. court storm guy. Yeah. I think like I know Clemson does it after games. I know people like every game they win. I know people are always like, oh my god, you were the favorite and you still stormed the uh, storm the field. I think if you're in college, you should storm the field, storm the court whenever you get a chance to, because you you can count on one hand the amount of times that you have to to storm the court. If UConn would have lost on Saturday. Everybody from Villanova should have stormed the court. Storming the court Absolutely. is so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I got a flop. <laughs> I got a flop. flop. Angel Reese wouldn't have flopped. Say right here, Angel Reese wouldn't have flopped. And you know what she's got? She does. She's got a ring. Oh, yeah. there we go. Philly <laughs> fan. Angel <laughs> Reese wouldn't have flopped. Me and Philly fan right on the same uh, same wavelength right now. But Bobby, that's all I got for you, buddy. I appreciate you... Uh, you're filling in. And for anyone who's made it this long, um, Kevin's going to start focusing on on the blog during these. So I'm going to do a, a round about of, uh, of different co-hosts. And Bobby was nice to come. That what we have? I didn't know that. And so we're not doing Kevin Kincaid on crossing broadcast anymore. No, I mean, Kevin, uh, Ke- Kevin, Kevin will come on periodically. It's just we've always talked about this during the football season. It's just really easy to get a Monday guy and a Wednesday guy and to always have your number two guests yeah. suck to get. That's the worst thing about this. Guests suck. Um, so finding a second chair is going to suck. Finding a third chair is going to even suck more, but Hey, we're going to do our best. All right. Good stuff. Well, I'm, I'm happy to jump on whenever I'll uh, like, try not to be coming off of like four days of, uh, having 104 degree fever and stuff. I'll I'll try to bring a little bit more for you next time. No, I I thought you were great. I think the day quill really puts you in a nice level head. This actually took a lot out. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm like, I'm hurting right now. Like I'm not, (laughs) I'm not even close to being all the way back yet. So here's your flu game. Yeah, this was my flu game. No Ross, EJM. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Flyers, 
Flyers keep winning. It might be Russ. Yeah, I mean, hey, say what you want about Russ, but man, does we gotta he bring... work out the, We got to work out the camera thing, though. Like, I just feel like I'm like, yo, what's up, everyone? Great to talk. You're, to you're you. my AJ Hawk. Yeah, yeah. AJ Hawk is like always in the camera like this, yeah. and then like Pat McAfee will be like ten feet behind. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta come up even lower, there. and the yeah. dimensions just don't look good. But yeah, we uh, gotta, we gotta figure that out. All right, well, thanks for having me, dude. Hey, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. My my cords tangled in my uh my seat, so I'm gonna get off now before right. we leave. Let's see.